Hello everybody and welcome to a bonus episode of the Winging It Formula 1 podcast. There have been so many topics of discussion coming out of Silverstone that we are going to give you this little bumper moment to enjoy us more and our weird opinions. Uh, I'm Freddie Coates. I'm here with Adam Dickinson and Nigel Chu to discuss the 2022 car and sprint qualifying in this very fun little chat. Adam, how are you doing? I'm good, I think. I mean, to be fair, last year we do these like intra-race episodes anyway on weekends where there wasn't a race on. So the fact that this is considered a <laughs> bonus is just a slacking, really. Um, oh, but yeah, we're I'm, now. I'm, I'm good. The I don't know. Think, it feels like it's getting slightly cooler here. So fingers crossed that continues because I've just been walking around in the lightest t-shirt that I own (laughs) with all the curtains drawn in the house trying to keep cool so yeah hopefully that uh yeah comes to an end sooner rather than later so's law is when this gets published it's raining everywhere and we've got flooding happening and stuff like that but anyway uh Nigel how are you going if it was this heat with rain that'd be fantastic it'd be like Malaysia it's not yeah fantastic Nigel Nigel tell us how you are quick good very good looking forward to the Olympics uh, oh, yeah. four, four nations on the Isle of Man. Uh, so, so yeah, it's going to be exciting. We're going to get second in the medal table. Yeah, no, we're not. We're probably going to oh, oh, Those of you who are the Olympics. Nigel choose bingo card. That's the Isle of Man slander you can tick off today. Um, <laughs> all those Olympians from the Isle of Wight are really annoyed yeah. right now. I like the Isle oh. of Dogs, but they don't I've have dog the racing Isle in the Olympics. Wight, unlike the Isle of Man, so that's the difference there. Even though the I've Isle of Man's right next to like my house, but yeah. Anyway, let's go. Do you live in a shed like five meters off the coast of the island? Yeah, it just floats around depending on the wind direction down the North Sea, not the North Irish Sea. North Irish Sea, sea. yeah, <laughs> North Sea. That's just oil rigs. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. The twenty twenty two car is going to be what we discussed later on. Before we start starting with the sprint, Freddie. That's why I said discuss later oh, on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just run away for cover. Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Nigel, what are we going to talk oh. about next? I don't know. Is it the sprint race or the sprint <laughs> qualifying or just F1 sprint? Whatever you want to call it, it happened. We still don't really know what it's called, but it happened on Saturday afternoon at Silverstone. And I liked it. Um, Adam, give me your... One word to describe how you felt about sprint qualifying, race sprint qualifying, the race sprint on Saturday. And feel now, actually. You don't have to do how you, you felt on Saturday. can't start with S and end in T. Yeah, you can't say... <laughs> you can't letters. say... Subsequent. You can't say subsequent. Um, <laughs> um, as I expected, but with, like, dashes between each... Mm-hmm. Between the words. I, like, I get that. Yeah. Nigel, is your is your one word hyphenated? No, unless, different words. Well, okay, that's every good. word could be hyphenated. To be fair, in a way. God, you can tell we're no, written cool. journalists. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it all right. That's my summary. Oh, cool. It okay. Do you right. care to expand on all right? It, it kind of like it's what I expected. We had Friday night or Friday evening. Call van was fantastic, especially with Hamilton home crowd there. George Russell played his big played a big part too. But then the race, I think that's as good as it gets 
for a sprint race. You know, we, we had a great battle for the lead for the first nine corners without a crash. And then we had Fernando Alonso going from 11th to 5th. And then he kind of made it exciting. We had Perez's spin. But I think that's kind of peak sprint race. I I, I think at Monza and whether USA or Brazil, which, whichever, uh, wherever the third one will be, I just don't see how it becomes more exciting than what we got at Silverstone. And if that's like peak excitement, I don't know if it's good or bad. I, I, I think three races is just about enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I, I agree that Friday qualifying was fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed that. I like Friday night sport. Anyway, it's just, you know, like kind of less of a, you know, you kind of come to the end of the week and then you can just, you know, it's just a nice relaxing yeah. evening. Um, and kind of, yeah, the, the three-dayedness of it um, was good as well. And I think the, yeah, the sprint race kind of, it, like Nigel says, there, there were the two two interests of the, the opening lap battle and then Alonso, but, you know, there wasn't much doing. Outside of that, um but also kind of how how much do we think it affected the race? Because I think particularly in the Hamilton Verstappen battle, it did have a 100%. did have an yeah. impact there. So it's kind of how how much you judge that as part of its success and failure. And I think, you know, that I mean, is that I a good thing me, or a bad thing? I think to me it's an matters. interesting dynamic. I think it's I good. I don't know if it yeah, I think it's good that if it affects it, but I don't think it's the biggest deal if the race changes massively. Like the way the race happens changes massively because of the sprint, if that makes sense. I mean, they get more knowledge from a practice session than they would the sprint, you could say. Because um, they can mm. only really do sort of one. If it's a, if you'd see it as like a practice thing, it's only really like one run, essentially, isn't it? 17 laps, rather than lots of different trials they could do in an hour. But but it's um, up against competitors on a yeah, live it's up against racing competitors, track. Which is what Put racing think. drivers in a race and they'll race. And I think we saw that. I think people didn't really expect. A lot of people were sort of saying there won't be those like kind of risks and stuff but I think there were risks with it and like Alonso's start was in, like at the start where the cars are closer together there were lots of risks being taken it's just the nature of modern Formula One I think that meant that nothing much really happened afterwards and you get that with pretty much the majority of races I don't really think the sprint is what changed that so I that's what kind of keeps me sort of um more positive and optimistic about it for the future um because i think mm. if if 22 goes as planned which we'll get on to later um then a sprint could be arguably better i know nigel's gonna basically say that everything is bad and we're all gonna die because of formula one 2022 regulations but and that everything i should be upset about everything but like i think yeah i think there's i think there's potential there and i don't think it's perfect but i think it's, I'll take it over a practice session any day, really, at, at certain tracks. My, my, I, think... I think my biggest problem, my biggest problem, is that it kind of it doesn't make qualifying meaningless, but it takes away quite a bit of I don't know what you call it. It takes away quite a bit from from qualifying, and I think that's my biggest problem. I'd say. Do you think? Do you think it should become more of a race in its own right then, like rather than three, two, one points? I don't know, like ten, six. Four, three, two, one, or something like that, just to make it more of a race than less of a qualifying idea. I think mm, I, me, I feel like you that's need a bit a too much. Stop. You need a pit stop, but I don't know if that makes it too long and people get annoyed about that. But I think you need a pit stop to make it 
a race race, an F1 race race. I think I mean, one thing about qualifying was that they forced them to all be on the soft tyres. Would you think that would be better for a sprint race, or do you think the tyre variability is what actually helped it this time? I, I Just to jump in on that, I think they could do with giving them softer tyres, kind of maybe softer tyres than even they provide for the race, because I think then you get that kind of... if, if you it's a really difficult thing to get the balance right for yeah it would just change it to a to a a endurance kind of sprint (laughs) well that but that's what i was going to go on to and it's hard to get the balance right but if you can get it right where it's you know you either have to kind of go into uber tire managing mode to get through or you can pit and go ham for two stints i think that would be I think that would really add to it because then you get that difference in strategy. And I think that would add to it. Like I say, it's difficult to get the balance right. But if you can, that would be, I think that would be a good thing. Mm. I'll just, I mean, how long's an F2 feature race? It's about two thirds of an F1 race distance, isn't it? For like yeah, it is with, with slower still. cars. Yeah. So I think something like that with a pit stop and then having the more points. I think that's what I would lead towards. I would do you think say, there's a worry if, that if we're going to have an extra race. Do you think there's a worry that that's not different enough? No. Because mm. I, I, I I, that, that's what I would say to that. I think the, the whole Although, sort of idea of the sprint isn't necessarily to have an extra qualifying. I think the idea of it is just to do something different to the race, but that's still got potential to be relatively entertaining. And like... We can't look at this and say, oh, well, it was a bit boring after a few bits because you get like you get that with normal Grand Prix. Yeah. It's not like that's the, sanct- the, the sacred ground that we need to judge it against, it, it really. So I kind of feel like that in every sort of way that an F1 race happens, there's potential and for it to go in an entirely different rate, way from every lap. And most of the time, yeah, these drivers are managing, so it's entirely different. I think a lot of the drivers post the sprint said that um i think leclerc and norris definitely said this that they were they found that harder than an ordinary race because they didn't weren't able to back off in a way to conserve tires because they had to be consistently pushing mm. and um i feel like that's a, a kind of interesting way to um have racing because we don't have we haven't had that since what 2009 we're really with few, yeah. few refueling and it gives a whole new sort of take and i think if you have that new take but have the main race as we sort of have it I, I i think that's that's all right for me yeah um and yeah I, like yeah don't do it at barcelona but silverstone uh monza spa those kind of places might be all right i think i'd i'd agree with that i don't i don't really feel like you can add too much more into the sprint race like i, I think the points allocation is as much as it needs to be i, I think it's kind of I think a fastest lap point that can be from P1 to P10, even with the 3-2-1, might be interesting or not. Yeah, but I mean, like overall, I, I just, I don't think if you're giving like more points for, in, if you give more points to the top 10 or the top eight for, or whatever in the sprint race, that just seems to be kind of too rewarding of race pace. Because effectively, if you've got the fastest car, you can be on for, you know, potentially like 35 points over the, weekend i mean it's still if it's still a third of a race and you offer a third of the points arguably that's worth it nah because i like i just don't think it really it really needs it i think if you're gonna if you're gonna put more points on offer i that's just not really 
that's mm. becoming like too much part of the championship. Whereas I think it should be part of the it part is of part the of the championship. You think it should be so? So yeah, I get what you're saying, and I kind of I think yeah, it should, it should be part of the well. weekend. It, make, it makes those points at the end of the weekend harder to get to, and I think that's better. I think that's more interesting. I think that's that's kind of what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, well, I I, I feel like if you if you're going to market it as sprint qualifying, it should just be like that as part of the weekend. Different way to, you know, set set the grid and create, mm. I guess, more action for the fans to watch especially as you said if it's like the, you know the exciting tracks that you mentioned but I don't feel like they should be putting another kind of championship event in whether you know like serious kind of ramifications for for the points totals I, I just don't really think F1 needs that I think that's too much for me anyway I think you've convinced me of it I think I'm on board for free sprints for free sprint events a year I think I think you have actually convinced me with your argument uh because you said you were already anyway. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Because especially with what I've said in the past about having different formats throughout the year and stuff, and this could be one of them. Yeah. I think it's done it's probably done just about enough for me to be a format three or four times a year at right circuits, I'd say. I'm so, open to I'm open to having the yeah. normal format, having the sprint format, I don't know, having sort of because lots of people sort of say, oh, make them use all three compounds in a race. I think that would be cool in a race like Monaco, where you don't have much overtaking. I think if you say, at this race, you have to use three compounds. At this race, you don't have to do any pit stops if you want to. I think they could just completely go up with that and just yeah, throw it out. Have like a, what, one think, lap shootout at Monaco. Like, do the normal Q1, Q2, then have the top an actual like shootout. One well, yeah, yeah, that in Texas, actually. Versus, yeah. How, You've got yeah, one gunslinger like, riding on board. Texas Motor like, Speedway. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I think, I think to me that the main thing was that it didn't. I don't think it took away from the race. I think it was that you know it was an extra, extra excitement, like you say, over the um, over a practice session which we would have had. It was better than that, but I don't think you know. I, as I said, I think it added to the race with the way it played out on the first lap between Verstappen and Hamilton because there could be a potentially massive sliding door scenario if that you know if they don't have that. And that that's kind of it. I think at, at tracks like Silverstone, where it is going to be, you know, there's potential for Possible. it to be seven laps of excitement. Yeah, rather yeah. than just, I know we had a good race at Paul Ricard this year, but if we'd had it, you know, the last few times we've been there, it'd just be, you know, another 17 laps of tedium. I, so I, I think the way the Stitches Championship is, I kind of think any format would work yeah. anyway, just because of how close Red Bull and Mercedes are. I'm not sure if it's the format that yeah. made it work or whether it's the title fight that made mm. that made it work. And with Hamilton being on home turf, you know, Verstappen like on not the not the enemy soil, but like, mm. you know, the guy against them at Silverstone. Yeah. So I kind of think that was more of a more of a factor than the sprint itself, maybe. Yeah, I, I think know. that's fair. Yeah, I think yeah, I agree with what you're saying it didn't take away from the race I think it only added to the race because I um, imagine this format in like when Mercedes dominated mm, yeah it would just be an extra opportunity for Mercedes to dominate but like yeah. you can say that That's about I mean with any the points, format though. like you say I think mm. even with qualifying in the race and what we're saying it doesn't take away from the race imagine that format with Mercedes dominating yeah. it's it's always dependent on the cars on track and that kind of thing but it I don't think the sprint was 
a bad thing, and I think it's got potential to be a good thing. Um, and I and think we've only seen it take... once as well. Exactly, you've only seen it so, once. I yeah. I really enjoyed qualifying I've the Friday evening. I really Adam's seen <laughs> been to the future. I really enjoyed basically no, having having two race starts essentially, and oh, we got a third because of the red flag. But I thought that was fun, and I did put a tweet out today that it might be interesting to, to see um, the first ever race of the twenty twenty two cars being a sprint race. And I think more because they'd have no practice going to the qualifying and then they'd have to do a sprint race. So they've absolutely got to rag these cars. They've got to push them, push them, push them. And then they have no idea what's going to happen in the race as well. I think that'd be very exciting. Be it mm. at Bahrain, be it at Paul Ricard, not Paul Ricard, Mel- Al- Melbourne, Albert Park. Or Ricard, or Paul Ricard. race in the year. Or Paul Ricard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, that'd be, I think that'd be interesting. And I'm open for many more formats to come in weird and wonderful ways, to be honest. Because yeah, why not? Point something at it and shake a stick, that kind of thing. One one more thing which I think is worth touching on is the Perez factor because he was the big loser of the sprint race. Yeah. In terms of he then started at the back of the next one and basically just wasn't a factor in the, you know, and, and again we kind of don't know whether Hamilton had won if he'd had to go through, you know, have Perez to overtake yeah. as well or whether he would have been in that position even, but. You know, I think that was something that really, really had a kind of massive effect on on it. And yeah, as I say, he he was the main casualty. If it weren't for the um, Verstappen Hamilton collision, that would probably be the main storyline, or you know, one of the kind of main main features of it. Yeah, and some people were saying like, "Oh, look at this! It's put Perez out of the race, this sprint, and that kind of stuff." It was a bit like, well. That's just a thing, isn't it? If he spun out of qualifying, Perez really put, put out himself out of the race. Yeah, exactly. And no one else spun out in the way that he did. It's just that's the thing. It's more competition and more competition I, I like, to be honest. But um, yeah, moving yeah. on to um, we're going to have probably, we're going to have more sprint rounds. They haven't officially been confirmed as Monza and another one, but Monza's I think been confirmed. Has Monza been confirmed? Yeah. Um, yeah. Monza's been confirmed, but and then we USA don't or Brazil. USA or Brazil, it looks like USA is probably the only one of those that's going to actually take place. Um, so probably USA then. Um, and USA probably would be all right for it, actually. Um, but yes, we're going to move on to the other topic that came out of Silverstone, which is the 2022 car, because Formula One have revealed a mock-up of the, the mock-up they revealed a year ago, <laughs> which, I mean... I didn't really think it was news, but they've done a pretty good promo stuff on it and convinced us to talk about it here. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about the 2022 car because to That's be fair, a lot, of it's, it. <laughs> a lot of it still feels a bit of an unknown and we're only six months away from the start of next year, really. So from when they're probably really close to being launched. So um, what are your guys' impressions on what 2022 will bring to us? I'll go to Adam first because I feel like you'll be a bit more measured than Nigel. <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd firstly like to say, why on earth did they do it in back of CD colour? Like, any, <laughs> literally any other colour in the entire world would have been better than that. But no, they're just like, oh, we're just going to make it really shiny. So I'm like, any camera shot that isn't perfectly judged for the exposure, it just looks, like, unreadable. So I hated that. Um, outside wow. of that... Yeah, it, I saw a um, picture of a duckbill platypus with the front wing on, and it basically looked like <laughs> it looked really similar to the car. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of. I think I don't know if I'm sold on how it looks, but like we'll get used to that anyway when it's painted a normal colour. 
Um, and that's probably one of the reasons why I'm not sold on it yet, because I kind of still don't know how to judge it. Um, and yeah, outside of that, like it's 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 a it's a mock-up of the car. It looks looks okay, but we we don't know until they whack an engine in it and paint it normal colour and go racing. I like it. I, I think it looks quite good. It, it looks it's a bit it looks quite big, but I don't think it's actually bigger than the current. Yeah. Oh, and I think the, hopefully the wheelbase is well, actually the wheelbase will stay the same. But I quite like the look the of same it. Same width, which so, I think is the worst bit. I think if it was thinner, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and if if it does what they're saying, which is to decrease the turbulent air by eighty percent, or I can't remember the figure, eighty-five percent, then I'm all for it. And I think it looks okay. I like the bigger tires as well. I know that's split yes. opinion, but yes. I'm a fan of the bigger tires. Uh, I quite like that. I don't know why. Uh, Yeah, I think it looks good in terms of aesthetics. So, yeah. I'm on the same... No, you go. Oh, sorry. I'm on the same side with Nigel. I think it looks good. Um, I think there are a few bits of it that will be sort of ironed out by the teams because I think they've put... The reason the nose is so wide on this one is because they're, they're, they're upping the crash structure and structural loads required at the front of the car. And an easy way to do that in a mock-up is just make it bigger. But... Formula One teams will make it thinner and at the front of the car will not look like that when a Formula One team gets on it, particularly probably by the end of the year in 2022, it will be a thinner nose because that's what they like. And I think the rear wing is something very interesting. And I think you can kind of, I think what I like about it is you can sort of see how they're making the cars race with it. And it's sort of making aerodynamics for racing quite understandable on the on the yeah. surface i think that's a really really core thing of formula one to grapple with because a lot of the time they sort of go oh look at aerodynamics it happened and don't really do anything about it but this is i think a really interesting way of making sort of the science part of the racing and but doing it in a sort of a pop pop culture kind of way and i don't know i quite like the back of cd color when i saw it because they had it at silverstone it looked quite good i thought the worst bit was the way they did the red on the halo that made it look much worse in my opinion um uh, uh, they had yeah. some weird stripes rear... on that yeah with the rear wing 100 percent agree i'm not sure how drs is going to work that's one thing that really confused me i'm not sure how the slot yeah they said it's going to be there but um yeah. sam collins well, did me, a video sure with it and said it's not actually on that model of car so I don't oh. know how they're going to do it yet. Um, but that, I guess we'll see what comes. Who knows? Maybe they'll sack it off and meet like without <laughs> with the day before the race. You know I think... what? If, if it works as planned, I, I would love it if DRS wasn't there because that means they've done a really good job. And that means we'll get more better natural racing, I guess. But I think in terms of like... And they're quietly like confident said, it as means, well. It means it's, it's done the job. Yeah. I mean, I think... when I like the wheel covers and when the... When when the tires first came in, I wasn't really a fan and fan of them in the F2, but they kind of don't. I don't know. It doesn't look as noticeable on the rendering they did. So hopefully, that's the case. But yeah, it, have... it, it looks it looks very futuristic. Is like yeah. my thing. It's kind of it. You know, you you sometimes see, or I do, because I'm sad. These um, concept liveries or concept cars yeah. on on instagram discover and it's kind of it looks like it just looks like one of those really it looks like you know it really futuristic and it's always i always think it's really difficult to imagine what 
like the current crop, whether it's like F1 cars or road cars or anything, it always feels really difficult to kind of imagine what they'll look like in the future because they just look like so modern now. Yeah. But with this, it does look, yeah, it kind of looks like it is from the future. So that's cool. And it's, yeah, I it, think it's interesting that the teams are saying that they're not going that what they what they actually make won't look too different to what uh, we we saw last week at Silverstone. I think that's a good thing as well because sometimes they make these things, then when they actually come out, they look completely different. It's not what we well, expect. So I think that's well, the, the, the 2014 cars were meant to have five wheels, so <laughs> they did a yeah, steering wheel. Um, but um, there were a few um, teams ball bearing wheels as well, actually. So oh wow, Six. lots of wheels. Um, a few teams apparently said on sort of behind the behind hands to each other. Oh, ours looks nothing like that, and a few. Sort of come out and gone. Ours does look a bit like that, so I think oh, there's right. going to be a few interpretations yeah, that we'll see. And I think, but that's what you have to expect. Like, look at 2009, which is when there was probably the biggest overhaul in technical regulations in terms of the way the style of the car was to the previous one. Um, like, you look at the the nose on the Red Bull that year, in comparison to like the nose on the Renault. The nose on the Renault was a box, mm. and the nose on the Red Bull was a really thin, sleek thing, and. So, yeah, there's going to be some differentiation, which is going to be exciting. I think, yeah, I just, yeah, it's really hard to sort of picture what they'll be, what the teams will come up with anyway, because, like, they could do something so radically different. There's still that scope there, I think, because teams can, Formula One teams just do that out of nowhere. They're just bonkers with the way they can change change it up. Um, but this, I, I don't know if it, the, the people behind it, kind of convinced me on the stats like you say Nigel the stats about um, reducing uh, downforce to the car behind it says the current one if you're within sort of a car length that will be 50% downforce lost and they're saying yeah. now it will be something like only like just under 20% downforce lost if you're in a car length so that if, if that does pay off and I think they've been quite candid about saying we'll make sure the teams pay attention to that then who knows but if that works, I'll be very happy. It's the first set of regulations that I'm aware of that have targeted, like purely targeted, better racing, wheel-to-wheel racing. And yeah. I think, you know, having Ross Braun there is a very good thing as well because he's seen it all over, over the over the decades. Mm-hmm. So it is exciting. I think, I think you know, literally any team could go to the front as well, but in, and we don't know who that will be. But I, I genuinely think there is hope that we'll. <laughs> I genuinely think that there is hope that we'll get the, some of the best wheel-to-wheel racing we've ever seen in F1. And you know, we think this year's been great already. Well, next year, if the championship is close, then on the track it could be even better, which is just really exciting to think of. Mm, and kind of linked link to that, you could get new kind of rivalries as well, which I think yeah. you know mm. you could. Yeah, get drivers kind of in, in the further back who've not had that chance to be kind of involved in the the battle with the kind of Hamilton Verstappen, Hamilton Rosberg, Vettel battle at the top of the sport that could. And that's like, you know, like there was in 2009. I think that will be really exciting to see if it does come about. I'm very happy we're not going to have teams spending themselves out of problems yeah. and stuff like that. I, and, and keeping it that kind of thing where it's kind of like, it's a fair fight for everyone. I think that coupled with development of this car only being allowed to start under the cost gap and the fact that we're going to have um, the wind tunnel, uh, we have the wind tunnel um, usage being 
staggered for yeah. teams that perform and teams that don't perform in the constructors means that there's going to be a lottery so far and yeah. like it's it's brilliant I'm really really excited for it and, and also the, go on oh I was just going to say and that's what I live for <laughs> <laughs> and also the way this year's championship has gone with Mercedes and Red Bull going at it hammer and tong every single weekend uh that they want to keep on, like they probably plan to stop developing their cars by now, but they say they're still going to bring a few more small things. Mm. Red Bull plan to bring some more things, definitely. So that might help an Alpine or Ferrari or someone like that to jump to the front because these yeah. two heavyweight teams have been in an arms race for like more for longer than they wanted. So I think that's exciting as well. So it's the timing of it has kind of worked as well somehow. The pandemic's actually slightly helped it in a way. Yeah. Because it means that the big teams aren't developing this car before the cost cap. They've got mm. the cost cap. We've discussed this before, but the cost cap has come in before the development of the car. And that's, yeah. you know, it's a bit of a silver lining for all the stuff that's happened recently. I, I think the, the flip side is if we kind of turn up to the first race next <laughs> year after the season we've had this year, and like oh, Aston God. Martin, just like two <laughs> seconds ahead of everyone else, that's going to feel like really disappointing. Because right, the driver line up for like Claude and back, so it'll be all right. <laughs> but well, yeah, I think I don't know. It, it's there just, is that risk. That's true. It, 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 it all looks great now, but you know the teams will be going over these regulations already with the the fine tooth kind of looking for uh, yeah, looking for um, holes. And yes, Ross Braun's kind of been there and than that in terms of looking for them. But, you know, that was the, uh, let's say with Bernie Eccleston when he was at the top. So, yeah. It's, he know. wasn't He wasn't a technical director of a Formula One team who famously exploited every grey area they could in Ferrari. Um, to be mm. fair, he was just the guy who bought Gordon Murray was Bernie Eccleston. Um, yeah. But, and that's what yeah. made his cars good. Um, yeah. If it doesn't work on the brawn, then it will never work. That's and awesome. yeah, teams. What do teams do? Is they if if they go right, you make the front of the car good for racing. Teams will say, okay, we'll make the back of the car awful for the car behind. That's what they're going to yeah. do. They're racing teams, and you've got to yeah, they're all going to fight. But again, we're still here watching it now. We're not going to look at that and go, well, they're not racing really well like they said they would. It's awful um, because we we I don't know we still we still watch races at Sochi so um, and we do podcasts about them. Um, ah. so Adam does a race about there's a podcast about a race he hasn't even watched but that, that's the kind of nerdiness we get to so I don't think it's going to overly change the way we are with it but to, to be fair the, hopefully uh, the it works for the global perception of F1 and makes it a fight the Russian Grand Prix is one of the ones I have watched live so you know that kind of doesn't <laughs> really work but anyway <laughs> but anyway um, yeah anyway that's it for our kind of short little bonus episode we're doing um, bit of nice little easy chat in a hot evening in the UK from us. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Winging F1, where you will occasionally get one of us taking a pot shot of the other anonymously. Um, I've done that for a while. We actually. haven't done that for no, a while, but I've probably spurred it on now. Um, and yeah, you can follow us all in our individual Twitters. I'm at FredCoats1999. Adam's at AdamDickinson01. Nigel's at Nigel C. Journey. You can see us taking pot shots at the world in general or ourselves or trying to share things we've done. 
and wanting praise. So please go and give us praise. We are fickle <laughs> human beings who simply love praise and wants to be loved. Please love us. Thank you so much. I'm not. Taking the, uh, go and troll Nigel then. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us and have a good day for yourselves. Enjoy everything. Yeah, Goodbye, guys. See you guys. before Hungary. <laughs> <laughs>